0: Very cool. So how many of you have recently like been on a long car ride? Um, Any of you? I've been on a 10-hour one. A 10-hour car ride? This is gonna be perfect, right? I can't wait to see what you say. All right. So you've been on a long ride. And then have you ever, I think you've gotten the screen. Have you ever said the, the the phrase, are we there yet? Any of you? Yeah. All right. So we're gonna we're gonna say it together, and I want you to say it just like you say it in the car, like as most annoying as way as possible. That's how JoJo says it, right? Are you ready? One, two, three. Are we there yet? Yeah, right. You did that a lot on the ten-hour trip, right? But what's it feel like to wait and be in the car for a long time? Well, my ears are like always popping because we're always going up the mountain. Yeah, you, you're traveling mountain places, huh? It's boring, yes. What else? Is it fun? Mm-hmm. No, it's boring and you're tired of waiting. At least, at least waiting. my TV has a. I, I mean, at least my car has a TV. You have a TV? You even have a TV and it's yeah. still boring? <laughs> wow, yeah. So today we're going to talk about two people, uh, Simeon and Anna. And they're like old, right? And they have waited for a long time, like a long time uh, for something. And so they've waited and waited. And so when I was reading this, I couldn't help but to think about that phrase that you guys use, the are we there yet? And so they're waiting for Jesus, right? They're waiting uh, for, for God's son, for the Messiah to come. And one day, Mary and Joseph, they come in and they're bringing their baby. And who's Mary and Joseph's baby? very good and they're bringing their baby uh and and uh, simeon and anna are so excited it's like they just pulled up to disneyland right like they finally got to the place that they were going that's exactly where i was going. that's what 10 hours yes yes that was exactly where we're going so imagine so when you got to disneyland what did you feel uh, after 10 hours in the car For a little bit at the hotel. <laughs> <laughs> you got to lay in your bed. I imagine that they were happy. Now, I am also imagine that they did their happy dance, right? Do you guys have a happy dance? Yes. You do? I like, I like jump and spin around. Can you show me your happy dance? So we no. have that? No, you don't want to. If I do it with you, will you show me your happy dance? What do you say? No, no okay, uh, then I won't do it. But I imagine that they did their happy dance. So today when we talk about Simeon and Anna, uh, we want to remember like the waiting, right? That it's not always fun to wait, but God always keeps his promises even if it takes a long time, even if it takes 10 hours, right? Or a lifetime. So remember that. Have that image in your mind. Like remember, think of, of Simeon doing this happy dance, okay, when I read that part. Awesome. Well, good. It's good to have you here today. All right, you can go back to your seats now, all right? Thanks for helping us imagine what it might be like for Simeon and Anna. 10-hour road trip to Disneyland. That sounds like great fun, right? Well, it's good to be with you uh, t- today, church. Uh, it's good to be back uh, together um, as we as we explore uh, this uh, Sunday after Christmas, as we pause uh, to wait, to sit in, what it means uh, to, to have a Savior come. And so if you have your Bibles with you today, we're going to turn uh, to Luke chapter 2 uh, this morning, starting uh, in verse 22. So take those out. If you don't, know worries, it's on the screen this morning, um, but a story of two people as we told the kids um, that have waited a long time. And so kids, get your imaginations ready because you're the best at this um, and we can learn from you. So church, hear the word of the Lord this morning. Luke chapter 22 uh, through 40, Jesus presented in the temple. Uh, it says this, it says, When the time came for the purification rites required by the law of Moses, Joseph and Mary took him uh, to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. So moved by the Spirit, he went into the temple courts. When the parents brought the child uh, Jesus to do for him what was custom of the law required, Simeon took him in his arms and praised God, saying this, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you may now dismiss your servant in peace for my eyes have seen your salvation which you have prepared in the sight of all nations a light for revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel The child's father and mother marveled as what was said about him. And then Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, the child is destined to cause the falling and rising of many in Israel and to be a sign that will be spoken against so that the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed and the sword will pierce your own soul too. There was also a prophet, Anna, the daughter of Penuel, the tribe of Asher. She was very old. and the child grew and became strong. He was filled with wisdom, and the grace of God was on him. The word of the Lord this morning. Thanks be to God. Well, parents, uh, as you remember, remember, think back with me for a second. Uh, those of you who've had uh, children, uh, that uh, firstborn, right? That time right after you had your firstborn child. And, and it's, it's kind of a, an, an interesting, uh, like, mumble-jumble of emotions and thoughts. Like, it's incredible. But also, on the side, it's like, what have I done, right? Uh, what have I gotten myself into? I'd like sleep. Sleep is good. But you're in that you're in that moment, and, and if you're like me, there's this whole new I'm like Mr. Safety to begin with, but there's this whole new like protective side of a parent when when you have your baby, your first baby, and, and so that like really comes out. And so uh, you've just had your child, and you've waited uh, 30, 40 days, and now you're gonna take them to church to be dedicated. A little plug, like we love to do that, like that's our favorite thing. And so you take your child to to, to be dedicated and you have all of the stuff. Right? I was gonna bring that up this morning, but nobody has time for all that stuff. <laughs> and you've got the child carrier. I've seen some of you moms carrying that baby like in its Olympic sport, right? And you've got the child carrier and you've got the bag and you've got the you've just got everything. You've got the, the little pillow that in case you need a place to lay down and the changing mat and the, the nose sucker and the wipes and the extra wipes and the extra diapers, and you're out, like you're out into the big bad world with your baby right and you're there and you 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 get them in the car and they did not throw up on their outfit and so you're super excited about that it's going to be a good day and you drive to the church uh, with a little extra caution because now you have to worry about somebody else in the car and you're there you get there and you get out and you you get your big piles of stuff out and you 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 tramps into the into the into the church with all of your stuff you need a shopping cart to get in and right when you get in the door Like, right when you step foot in the door, this old man comes out of nowhere, and he comes fast. Like, you know he's coming for you, right? He comes fast. He comes out of nowhere, and he comes up, and he grabs your child from you, right? Like, let alone touch your child when it's that new. Like, hand sanitizer is being passed out by me at that point. Right, but not only touches your child, but he grabs, he grabs your child and he and he's there. And he grabs your child. And in 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 better words, he says, God, you can take me away now. Like I can go in peace. Like I have seen your salvation as he holds your baby. Like imagine what you would have thought in that moment. Like that's not happening to you because you're not the holy family. But imagine. Like, imagine what Mary and Joseph would have been going through at that time. Like, they they've, remember, they've got all the stuff, they've got, they've got the new baby, uh, they're there, they're out in the world, they've bring, brought their child to the temple, and it's a special day, and special outfits, and it's just a special time. And then they show up, and this guy grabs their child from them without hand sanitizer, and he is pretty excited, and you have no clue what's going on. And you're there, and you're standing, and you're watching in awe as this man begins to to say these things uh, about your child. Well, friends, that is our introduction to our friend named Simeon, uh, the one that comes out of nowhere and takes the child into his arms. Simeon is a man that is waiting. He's waiting and he is actively waiting by, by, by uh, evidence of the B line as he makes his, his way to the Holy Family as they step into the doors. He's waiting just like all the other faithful of the day waiting for, for, for God's promises to become uh, fulfilled. He's looking at, for God's action in the world that are spurred by the images of the prophecy in Isaiah. He is waiting actively. But, but unlike all the, the, the rest of the faithful in the world, he has this confirmation by the Holy Spirit that he will not die until he sees the Messiah like he will not die until until this happens so he is really waiting like he's really waiting in anticipation that God will do what he says he will do another reminder something that we talked about during our advent season that God always keeps his promises If Jojo was here, she would finish the statement. We made her say it every morning for the past 40 days. God will always keep his promises, even if it takes a long time. Even if it takes a lifetime. Even if it takes longer than a lifetime, God always keeps his promises, even if it takes a long time. So Simeon, this man that is waiting, is led by the Holy Spirit, and he finds himself in the temple when Mary and Joseph and Jesus show up. The holy family walks in and and Simeon immediately recognizes them. The moment that he's been waiting for, right? The the moment that he's he's been waiting for all of that time. Remember kids, like this is your moment where Simeon does the happy dance, right? With the baby in his arms. Another worry of dad, right? Right? He does the happy dance. He, he, he is there. He is on the top of the world. The long-awaited Messiah is here. He has arrived. The intense waiting is over. Thanks be to God. Oh, yes. Right? Like an incredible moment for our world and for this man that we are introduced to. Now think about it for a second. Simeon leaves the temple that day. He leaves uh, the place of worship. How big do you think his smile is? Right? You've waited all that time. You've waited. You've been given confirmation by the Holy Spirit. and, And now it has arrived. Like imagine his walk home that day. Imagine the, the thoughts that would have been going through his head as he, he walked around those familiar streets, as, as he walks in those places that he knows. Yes. We see that three different times in our passages, or in our passage this morning, that highlight the promises and fulfillment of God. It says that Simeon looked for for consolation, and then he saw salvation. It says that the Spirit revealed to him that he would see the Messiah. And it happened according to the divine word that he was promised life until he saw the Messiah. And now he's ready to depart in peace. Yes, yes. Yes, right? Like, he is walking on clouds. I think part of us, and our our kids helped us with this, part of us can appreciate Simeon's joy. Like, we don't like the waiting, but we love the fulfillment, right? Right? We don't like the waiting. We don't like the 10 hours on the way to Disneyland, but we love the fulfillment of getting to Disneyland, right? We don't like the, the, the everyday, ordinary wait, but we love w- when the fulfillment happens. Yeah, during the season of Advent, uh, we practice what it means to wait. If you notice, like the traditional Christmas songs weren't in the, in the rotation, Right? They, they're already at Walmart in October, but they weren't in the church, right? Because it's a time of waiting. We've been preparing ourselves to celebrate fully uh, the, this, the birth of, of Christ. Now, it's not a lifetime of waiting uh, like Simeon, but it's still important. It shapes us every year to stop and to pause and, and to wait but when f- christmas finally gets here we're excited to celebrate and so we celebrate a lot we celebrate with our church and and we celebrate with our family and we celebrate with our friends and we celebrate with our with our coworkers we have special meals where we eat too many cookies right we 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 have special parties where we eat too many cookies we have get we have get-togethers where we gather and we we share gifts and we eat too many cookies. You see the trends. It's just something that we do. We're excited about celebrating Christmas, but we've made it like it's here. Like the kids that you've, if you did the Advent calendar or the the little ring thing, like you, you, you've you've accomplished it, you've made it to this time where where it's time to celebrate. You can open the presents under the Christmas tree because it's Jesus' birthday, right? You've waited and now it's time, and it's a big yes, right? It's a yes on on Christmas morning, bright and early. Christ has. Calm. Now, I've noticed something in myself uh, during Christmas time. Christmas times weren't always the best for me when I was a kid, and I'm trying to, uh, you still work through that stuff. But uh, I'm not, I'm not, and that was not something I noticed in me this year, but, but, but I've started to notice uh, that, uh, that 32 or 33 Christmases, I don't know how old I am this morning, have gone by, and they just aren't as exciting as they once were. My wife says 33. 33 Christmases <laughs> have gone by, and they're not as, as exciting as they weren't for. Think about that for a moment. How many Christmases have you experienced, right? Like, it's not as exciting as the five-year-old that wakes up on Christmas morning. I don't, I don't have that anymore, right? I've started, to, I've started to notice that, 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 that there's something about um, the, the repetition in me, that, that there's some things happening. I noticed that, that I've still got the yes, right? Like I've still got the yes, like we've celebrated and what we celebrate. And I've got that theology that was pumped into my head in, in seminary. And I try to move a little bit of that down to my heart during this season and think about that and, and, and feel that and experience that and, and, and stop and pause for that. And, and I've got the yes, like the yes is there. The, 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 the yes on the Sunday morning or on Christmas morning is present, but I've got that like Simeon does. But I noticed unlike Simeon, I've also added to that yes. And I think that we do it too. You see, I've got the yes, and then I've added something else, and it's the yes but. Right? Like the people that listen to this on the recording are going to be very confused. Uh, But yes, it's the yes, but of life. Yes, Jesus has come, but things are still broken. Yes, Jesus has come, but I don't feel any better. Yes, Jesus has come, but you fill in the blank. Right? It's, the, it's the yes, but that, that we can all experience during this time. I'm just guessing, um, but I bet you've used this yes, but phrase many times in life right? You've used that many times in life. And, and as I started to think about this, we tend to use this phrase when we, we try to combine like two things that are, that are not compatible and they're opposing where the last half of the sentence negates the first half of the sentence, right? It cancels it out. And for example, here's, here's one here. I've got a picture of it. Yes, Cheeto dust is a huge problem in our world. But nobody has time for that, right? Do you get it? Yes? The Yes, but. Yes, Cheeto does is a problem, but nobody has time for that. Or there's the next one. Yes, my kitchen floor is always so dirty. It's disgusting all the time. But I don't think my child could do an adequate job. All right? It's the yes, but, or the, the the last one here. Yes, this is a vintage starter jacket from the 1990s. I had one when I was a kid, and it will keep you warm. But you're not going to wear that ugly thing in public, are you? <laughs> Love you, Steelers fan. Chiefs. Do you get it? Like, everything after the but... Everything after the but in the sentence overrules what came before. Like everything after the but overrules the first half of the sentence. And so I wonder during this Christmas season, I wonder during this time, I wonder as Christ followers how our language and how our lives might change if we traded our yes but in for something that's better. And and then this is my proposition this morning that we should change from yes but to yes and right. So here's an example. Uh, another example. Yes, this jacket will keep you warm, and it looks awesome, and you should wear it every day. Right? Does that make sense? It, it's. <laughs> I'm wave my hanky. I got two hankies this morning. It's the, it's the yes and, right? The, there's a the big difference from the yes but. Yes, Jesus has come. And he will continue to bring salvation and restoration each and every day. Yes, Jesus is here. And there is more to come. You know, Simeon holds and, and blesses this baby Jesus. He's got the yes Yes, yes, God keeps his promises and I can go in peace, right? Yes, Jesus has come and my eyes have seen your salvation. You see the difference? Simeon looks forward to what God will continue to do. It's an incredible, incredible lesson for us today. The yes and Because we live in that tension. So while Simeon is freaking out with his yes ands over and over again, and he's excited, and he's doing the happy dance with the baby, in walks another uh, another person, a lady. The prophet Anna, she steps into the scene to confirm the words of Simeon, and, and we're told that Anna's this holy woman. She's pretty incredible that our passage shows us that she never left the temple. We'll leave the light on for you if you want to do that. But she worshipped night and day, fasting and praying. And through her reaction, we discover that just like Simeon, she's longing for something. She's expecting. She's excited just like him. And so she steps in on this scene. She's actively waiting for God's action in the world. And these two together are like this snapshot of God's people at their best. They're devout and obedient. They are constant in prayer, and they are led by the Holy Spirit. These are people that are at home in the temple who are longing and hoping for God's action and fulfillment of God's promises. She sees Jesus, and she confirms what Simeon has already declared, that the Messiah has arrived. Yes, the Messiah has come, and we look forward to the redemption of Jerusalem. History has revealed to us that the kingdom of God did not come as as expected. It was not an instant process, and, and without a doubt, not all is well in Simeon and Anna's time. It's not all sunshine and rainbows and hanging out at the temple for these two. And when we think about when, Light, when Luke writes this, this sometime in, the, in part of the first century, the last part of it, that there are incredible challenges that are all around him as, as he is inspired to, to, to write this. That the, the tensions in Judea and with the Roman Empire have gotten serious. That extreme taxation... And corruption and extortion are to be expected from the Romans. That God's people at every turn, the heavy hand of the Roman Empire is upon them from the emperors of the day. You know, the group of God's people known as the Zealots. They've gathered and, and and they are tired of waiting and they, they've gained steam as they believe that the only response was to fight back and to take back what was theirs. And so these little scuffles that would have it happen every once in a while turn into this this revolution and turn into this this revolt where where death and destruction and brokenness happens in mass. This is not the greatest of times. So for Luke and his readers, the story of Jesus is told and heard when it seemed like their world is falling apart. Where everything around them is crumbling, that normal everyday life is not normal or everyday anymore. And I'm sure, without a doubt, that many fell into despair and they declared to the world, Yes, Jesus may have been born, but the world is in chaos and we need more. And we're here, we're, we gather together today in 2017 uh, in Mountain Home, Idaho. And we recognize that more and more time passes and more and more brokenness is brought about. My question for us today is that, does that negate the, the arrival of the Messiah? No. Just because there's brokenness, it does not negate the the arrival of the Messiah. We use our yes, but statements often, though. Yes, he came, but... Do, do, we, do we, we go around life saying these yes buts? It's like we're saying, yes, Jesus has arrived. Yes, the Messiah has come. But, like, don't worry about it. False alarm. All too often we walk with these yes buts. But like Simeon and Anna, we know the deep tensions. Like we know what it means to experience chaos and hurt and injustice and in violence in our world. And some of you have experienced that just this last week. Maybe all of them. We know what it means to hurt and to be in pain. And so we come in the sanctuary and we gather and we worship together with one voice and it is good. We hear the gospel of Jesus, uh, and we love and we support one another, and it is good. But have you ever recognized that that when we do that, we do that in the middle uh, of conflict and chaos? Like we gather together and we talk about uh, the the gospel of Jesus and how we are not Lord and and He is Lord. And and we gather together and we are tangible expressions of God's grace to one another. And we gather together and worship and in praise and knowing full well that not all is well in the neighborhood. Every Sunday we gather and and we worship, and and there is pain and suffering and hardship and fear and shame and anger and grief in our world, and, and we experience these things. Like It would be very easy for us in this season to say, yes, we celebrated Christmas, and it was good, but now it's back to normal life. I get it. As so many of us are going through so many different things and we're worried by and, and troubled by, and it's hard to continue to celebrate the incredibly good news that the Messiah has arrived after the day of Christmas. We're ready to pack up and to move on. We're so, we're so conditioned to, to get the ball rolling and get that Christmas tree out of our living room, especially if it's alive, because now it's dead. And we're, we're, just, we're just going and we're moving. We're, we're about to celebrate the next thing and, and it's going to be New Year's and we get to wear goofy glasses and blow little horn things and, and we're ready and we're, we're, we're anticipating something else. But today is the season of Christmas. So with these images of the shepherds and these images of the wise men and angels and baby Jesus still fresh in our mind, our job today and our role today is to simply rejoice. Our job today and our role today is to take a cue from Simeon and to be at peace. Maybe not be at peace and die, but just be at peace. That the Savior has come. So you have permission from your pastor this morning to leave the tree up. And don't worry about the lights on the house. Your neighbors leave them up year round. But may you simply savor the gift of Jesus. Because some of us this morning need to stop and find a little peace in Jesus. After a busy, busy season. So today, together, we continue to rejoice in the gift of a Savior because we know not all is well in the neighborhood and we still need Jesus. The light of the world has come, redeeming love is here. Thanks be to God that we have arrived and He has arrived. Thanks be to God that baby Jesus has come to fulfill a holy mission. Thanks be to God that the ongoing, never-stopping work of redemption is real and it happening in my life and in your life as well. God is leading all people to himself. Are we there yet? Yes. Jesus is here. And... More, there is more yet to come. Let's pray this morning, church. Lord, we thank you for this season. We thank you for this time where we have walked through this Advent season and we have stopped and prepared and, and many of us have colored in our little morning journals and we have read your passages and, and, and from your word and we have stopped to pray and to prepare our hearts and, and we have celebrated well. But Lord, we ask that you would help us to pause this morning to reflect on the statements that, that we say, whether it's a yes, but, or a yes, and. Lord, may you continue to shape us to be your yes, and people. That we recognize that your work is not done. That you are present. Yes, you have come, and, and, and there is more to come yes you have come and you are bringing about redemption each and every day yes you have come and the broken pieces of this world are being restored peace by peace lord we thank you for your love for us for the ways in which you come we ask that you would give us peace this morning in jesus name we pray all these things amen well, this morning, we have the opportunity uh, to, to uh, respond by uh, coming to the Lord's table together today. And I want us to recognize that every time we come to the Lord's table, we declare the yes and, right? We declare that, that, that God has come. Yes, Jesus has come, and he will bring about restoration. Yes, Jesus has has rose again, and in doing so, He has conquered sin and death. Yes, Jesus has come, and He will come back. So this morning, as we come to the table, as we receive the the body of Christ that was broken for us, and the blood of Christ that was shed for us, may we remember that God is still at work. God has come. First Corinthians chapter 11, it says this, For received from the Lord what I also pass unto you, the Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, he took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. So do this in remembrance of me. In The same way after supper he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Reminder this morning that you don't have to jump through any special hoops to come to the Lord's table. You don't have to be a member. You don't have to do anything. But this is a time where we actively and physically take steps with our lives, that this might be a a starting point for you or it might be a start-over point for you as you come to receive the body and the blood of Christ, as you come to find grace at the table. So we invite you to come this morning. Amen. Extend your hands for the benediction, the blessing, as we go from this place. Uh, God bless you and God keep you. Are we there yet? Oh, yes. Jesus has come and he will continue to do his work. May you go from this place in anticipation of what God might do. Go in action and go in peace. You are dismissed.